report hadn't been commissioned in the first place, we wouldn't now have a force-wide CSE unit. I wasn't the question, Andy. You have not answered the question! It's Monday evening, and Oldham's council chamber is packed. The town's councillors have gathered for a meeting called after the release of a report that said that agencies meant to protect children from sexual abuse had failed. In the gallery, a crowd chant and jeer, holding signs that make unfounded allegations of a cover-up by the council. At the centre of them, Raja Mir, whose conspiracy theories the crowd continue to parrot. A physical manifestation of a war that has raged online for years. This is the Manchester Weekly from the Mill. Hello, I'm Daryl Morris with The Mill's Jack Dulhanty this week. The Mill is Manchester's quality newspaper delivered by email direct to your inbox. Jack, hello, my friend. How are you? Hi, you all right? I'm all right. It's nice to be back. I've not been on for a couple of weeks. I know. I've been in the Mill office mostly. Yeah, it's I've much been... harder to record things like, yeah, I know. when you're all sat on the same chair. <laughs> sure. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. You did a fine job, my friend. Thank fine, you. fine job. Lots to come this week on the podcast. We're going to get into some real detail from the Leveling Up Fund. Uh, the fund is open. Next week it closes to submissions from councils and uh, I want all of the details Jack I want to the decimal points uh, on what people have been bidding for and how much for and what for I'm chock full of details for you today good good man Uh, we'll get on to that shortly listen let's start with a story that you have also been anticipating Jack a couple of weeks ago you wrote a piece for the mill about some concerning trends in Greater Manchester's mental health services after a source came to the mill to, to describe what they'd seen now a report from the Care Quality Commission has warned of a safety risk in Greater Manchester's mental health care, Jack. What's going on here? Yeah, so a few weeks ago we had someone uh, in the office essentially giving us some, I suppose you could call it a leak, about the state of community mental health care in Manchester. Um, What this person was coming to tell us about was a situation in which you had a huge backlog of patients where these community health care teams, so bear in mind these are teams who go out into the community to someone in their home and administer mental health provision to them. Mm -hmm. And what they were finding was they had such a staff shortage that people were being left for a long time without having things like their drugs checked or, you know, there was even one story from another source where people who needed Mental Health Act assessments so these are the assessments to work out if someone needs to be sectioned we're waiting like four weeks to actually get them so these are people who shouldn't really you know safely be out Mm. and what the CQC have found in their report is that patients and carers were unable to contact the service with ease regarding care and treatment the service suffered from low staffing levels which is something that we'd heard about Um, it didn't effectively monitor patients who were waiting for assessments and treatment so again similar stuff that we'd found a few weeks ago and that staff were not appropriately or consistently assessing the management risks and so just the basically risk assessment was inadequate in right. the community right goodness me and this stuff is really important i mean i mean this this is really important for the care that people are getting in the community especially around an issue like mental health that we are seeing more and more dominant yeah i think it's interesting really in the case of what we covered the 
community healthcare teams are helping people with severe mental illness. So mm. it's, I think nowadays mental illness has got such, and mental health has such prominence in sort of the national conversation. But it's always on the basis of people with depression or anxiety, which are both, of course, very serious conditions. But the people we're talking about are pe- people who need ongoing care with things like schizophrenia, psychosis, the sort of people who shouldn't be being left for extended periods of time so it's no surprise that people who work in these community healthcare teams have now felt the need to come forward and start speaking to you know journalists like us and also going to the CQC mm. um, because these are people who are a danger to themselves in some aspects one of our sources told us that there will be things like suicides and there could be things like homicides from the results of these people not being properly um, monitored and yeah it's kind of it was interesting when we were speaking to sources about that they were talking about it's an almost and mental health has long been stigmatized but it's a deeper stigma to stuff like psychosis to the point where it is almost not brushed under the carpet but just not thought and thought about enough mm. in the public eye mm. so i think it's really important for these things to come forward and say look there's a lack of provision for people who don't get talked about enough generally which are these sort of severe mental health patients mm. and, and that line staff were not appropriately or consider uh, consistently assessing and managing the risks or keeping good care records when you consider what you just said there you know that's really important isn't it mm. if the community aren't taking it seriously enough mm. you would at least expect that staff uh, um, uh, you know th- those people who are tasked with caring for those that part of the community mm. are I was going to say as well when you consider that a lot of this stuff is actually outside to private hospitals that was another thing that causes a huge problem if you were talking about the they're talking about the communication disconnect so community care teams not being able to get in touch with the trust to be able to do the work that they need to do right that's even worse if you're working with a private hospital because mm. the private hospital doesn't need to cut you know follow the same systems and guidelines as an NHS hospital would so they're almost operating on different scales and that makes it very difficult for a community health team to basically find out the sort of care that that someone had had in a private hospital whereas with an NHS thing they're all working on the same system mm. so again that's exacerbated but that's caused by a staff shortage all of this is caused by it's you know when we I think naturally as journalists at first you when you think about incompetence you can't help but think okay but who's the sort of ringleader who's the problem mm. and when we were speaking to sources we were like there's nothing sinister behind this it's just people trying to do their job and they can't because there's not enough staff to do it and I think that's in a way almost more sinister and worrying uh, Deborah Partington is the Chief Operating Officer at the Trust she said that COVID-19 pandemic had led to an increase in demand for mental health services and recruitment was increasingly difficult she said which inevitably puts pressure on the capacity of services she went on to say that we will continue to work as hard as we can to improve our services for those who need us and we'd like to reassure people that service users in our care are safe, she said. Um, Okay, we'll keep an eye on that and I think we'll come back to it at some point. Um, The story that we do keep coming back to that simply will not go away is Oldham. On last week's podcast, you'll have heard Yoshi and Jack take a dive into the report that was set up after allegations of abuse in Oldham. Oldham was circulating on social media. Last week, that independent inquiry showed that there were structural flaws in Greater Manchester Police and the council's safeguarding systems, but discovered no evidence of a cover-up. However, this week, dramatic scenes at an emergency or an extraordinary uh, gathering of the Oldham Council with Andy Burnham in attendance and a a striking scene in the gallery, Jack. Yeah, the extraordinary adjective Mm. got a dual purpose out of nowhere this time, didn't it? Um, it, is. in both yeah, senses yeah. It, it was certainly out of the ordinary but I think 
our listeners and our readers and people who've read Yoshi's work on this will be pretty unsurprised to see what happened. I think we were saying before the podcast the most interesting thing for us as people who've kind of kept on top of this is seeing what is kind of like the physical manifestation of what we've understood to only really happen online mm. although that's not technically true because we've seen this literally you know before to ca- uh, council leaders so it, it's bled into reality before but it, this was almost like having a live stream a, a Rajamir live stream in the flesh yeah. in a council meeting yeah. well with- I just I just said that picture because there's so there was a, a, a meeting of the councillors behind them a gallery mm. where the public are free to come to watch the council meetings yeah. that gallery chock full of people holding signs up saying cover up uh, they were shouting they were making their presence very much heard and seen and in the centre of that crowd of people holding banners up suggesting that there is a cover up of which the report found no evidence was Raj Amir mm. sort of sat in the centre of this group of people that, and, and we've been as you say long charting uh, him and the the claims that he makes and the disruption that he has caused to politics in, in Oldham mm. and there it was a physical manifestation of that yeah it was very odd to see really even where I think the MEN ran a, a picture with exactly that that whole scene that you've just described and then literally just on the other side of the sort of divider is Andy Burnham just leaning back listening to someone and it's like they're just all so close together it must have been surreal to have been there aside from the the extreme element of that which is Raj Amir and his claims and uh, those people who were there entirely convinced that there is a cover up of which again we repeat there has been no evidence at all there is the perhaps more substantial bit of this the real bit and that meeting heard from a victim of abuse yeah, that's right. A woman gave harrowing testimony of her experience in Oldham. She talked about being taken off the streets of the town when she was 16 and taken out of the area along the M62 to other northern towns. And she told Andy Burnham and the rest of Oldham Council that they should hang their heads in shame and realise what's been going on for 50 years in the town. Mm, that's the really tragic bit where truth and conspiracy meet, right? Mm. Um, if you want more on that, last week's podcast was a brilliant dive into that report and um, how it doesn't vindicate Raj Amir and where he and his supporters go next and some of those extraordinary scenes uh, from the council meeting. Um, also this week, Jack, we've had some uh, new details on the levelling up fund. Mm. Oh, see, we're hitting all the boxes here, aren't we? We're ticking all the boxes. Uh, the levelling up fund, which is um, open for submissions. Yep. Councils able to bid for money for projects in their area. And there's a lot of detail here, isn't there, to wade through? There is lots going on with the levelling up fund. So this is, uh, for a bit of context, the second round of levelling up money that is now available for local councils to bid for huge, big headline sums to make new infrastructure schemes, cultural assets, you name it, all in the name of, you know, levelling up the country, narrowing these um, national disparities that have, you know, been become such a large part of the national conversation now. And it comes just at a, just at a time where the first round of levelling up funding is coming under some scrutiny. Mm. So a few weeks ago, the Public Accounts Committee looked into how well this money was spent, how well it was allocated. And I've actually, I'll read you the conclusion 
Um, this is a quote from the Public Accounts Committee. Despite billions spent on local growth policies over many years, the government still does not have a strong understanding of what works. So what they've essentially found is that the government have become very good at allocating money, but not very good at understanding how that money is going to be spent. Right. So it's a, I've had it described to me as backwards forwards, where a gov- the government will announce a large fund, you know, levelling up funds over £4 billion. They'll give the council some time to put together a bid. And, you know, people who see this more cynically than I do say that these councils just aren't given enough time to pull together developed bids that can really go on to become something. So they rush together what they can, they go to the government, they show it to the government, and the government go, yeah. But then what happens is, once that money's been allocated, the council then need to make it all add up afterwards. Mm. So they have to show that it can, you know, align with green book regulations, that it can pass the business checks and all the various bits of bureaucracy that are required for this money to really be spent. And while all this is happening, the government just hold off the money because they can't spend it yet. So the Public Accounts Committee found, they, you know, there was about, I think there was meant to be £600 million spent of the first round of levelling up funding. There's actually been £100 million spent across 105 schemes. Right. So there's less than a million pound being spent on each one of these. Right. So for that to come out at a time when the second round opens, it's got a lot of people already kind of twitching, thinking, well, is history about to repeat itself here? Mm, mm. It's an interesting thought. My personal view, no, it won't, because part of the problem with the first round was that councils didn't actually know what the government's principles were for awarding money the first time. Now they'll know. So they'll be able to sort of, re, you know, they'll be able to tweak bids that got rejected the first time. So this is what's happening in places like Denton, mm. who didn't get the money that they wanted in Staleybridge. So now they're resubmitting that bid. And I was speaking to uh, Adam, oh no, Andy Sweeten, who's their lead on um, economic, basically business and employment. And he was saying they've made a few minor tweaks this time and they're pretty confident that that one should be able to go through. The main criticism that you'll hear about levelling up funding, I think, is that a lot of people don't really believe it will help level up in a meaningful long-term way. Right. Because of the way that the money is allocated for the cultural assets and the infrastructure stuff, it's all well and good. But what a lot of people say is that, you know, you need to be able to create economies that are self-sustaining, not economies that rely on being given a quick million quid to build or to spruce up the high street or build a museum or an art gallery because that isn't going to create skills and jobs and the things that is actually required to make an economy function better. Right. So... Yes, the levelling up fund is mm. open. So, and, Will it work? And okay, and that, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that's that's the that seems to be the sort of chief uh, allegation here is that this is it's, it's at best a sticking plaster, at mm. worst it's a, just a headline grabbing bit of politics yeah. and policy, and isn't really going to have much of a meaningful impact on people's lives. Um, the councils all the same are bidding, and they're going for that cash. Um, wh- who's bidding for what? Let's do oh. a countdown. Same side council finalised a bid last week for £35 million. It comes in a sort of dual bid. So there's £15.5 million which they want to use for Denton, where they'll focus on improving active travel links, uh, finishing off residential developments and regenerating the town hall. Spoiler alert, everyone wants to regenerate the town hall. Um, <laughs> Staley Bridge, that's going to be a £20 million bid, and they're aiming to deliver a sort of new cultural quarter. Um, they're going to spend £2.8 million renovating their Civic Hall and Astley Cheatham Art Gallery. Elsewhere, you've got Bolton Council, 
who have their own problems with levelling up funding that I'm sure you'll want to talk about in a minute, but they're actually looking, so there is a little bit of small print in levelling up funding. There is a limit, but you can go over that limit if it's for an infrastructure scheme. Right. So, Bolton Council are going over that limit. They're going to 50 million to improve roads in Horwich and West Horton. Manchester City Council are bidding, but we don't know how much for yet. And they're looking to give their Withenshaw Town Centre plans a bit of a leg up. You will remember, or you may remember last week, they bought a, a large building in the town centre which is going to basically be the gateway to them doing up that area mm-hmm. uh, and Wigan Council announced a bid for 20 million to transform a grade 2 listed building called Hay Hall mm-hmm. into an event space restaurant and art gallery but I think in me you know regaling you with all those tales of great amounts of money and cultural assets you can probably see in a way why people say what they say which is like is this actually levelling up Or is this just giving us nice, new, fancy art galleries and a nicer high street? Is it actually going to make the people who live here Mm. able to sell skills or be able to get better jobs and actually build and grow a new economy? Or will we just have nicer looking buildings? And I'm also thinking, I'm going to be really cynical about it and and just lean into the politics bit for a a minute. Are people going to get to the next election, which could be any time, I suppose, but um, there's, you know, uh, rumours abound, uh, but, you know, 2024, shall we say, and feel as though their lives have been transformed over this parliament and that things are better for them and that that's a reason that those people who lent their vote to the Tories stay with the Tories in 2024. And that'll presumably be in Boris Johnson and Michael Gove's mind Mm. when it comes to the politics. Bit, bit of this um, okay really interesting and we'll come back to it because it closes next week uh, we'll get I guess a sense in the next couple of weeks and months of mm. to who's getting that money and where it's going and uh, what will become of that you mentioned Bolton I can't let this one go because this is if nothing else hilarious <laughs> I mean, yep. it's, it's painful and tragic but also hilarious because Bolton Council actually missed out on funding last year because of an IT problem. They couldn't fit the required files onto one email. Is that right? And they didn't realise that that happened and it didn't get through. Well, what I always think about this story is how did they get this near to the deadline to then find out that this would be a problem? Oh, come on, Jack. We've all we've all taken it. It's the 11th hour. Well, yeah, we? sure. But I mean, that would be, be my headline question. Okay. I think it ended up being like they had to split up the files across four emails and one of the emails didn't get in time over the God. deadline okay. so it was a 16 million pound IT glitch wow which well not an incredible. IT glitch actually IT glitch is being a bit generous this <laughs> yes. is literally like this is 16 million pound we forgot that you can only put so much in an email <laughs> like that's a whole other thing in my opinion but anyway. okay Bolton Council you've got a week left do it now do it right now get it done right now um, Jack thank you Now, sometimes the richest and most important stories in our city aren't necessarily about big government grants and funds, but they're about people told best by zooming in on one person, their story and their life. This week, the Mills' Danny Cole met Stephen Brown, a poet from Didsbury. Do you remember what the process of being sectioned was like? Did you have to go through an assessment? Well... More than 50 percent. I've been in about eight, well, about seven, eight, six, seven, eight times. I've been here over a 23 year period. Mm. Half the time, at least, I've been involuntary. Boy, it was okay. kind of like, you kind of like bribed me. <laughs> they said, they said, you're very ill, Mr. Brown. Would you like to come in voluntary to, to the hospital for treatment? 
And because you're ill and you're paranoid, you don't want to be locked up anywhere or confined, but you, you don't feel safe, so you juggle juggling some things. So I, I said no. I usually say no or something, and then they say, well, if you don't come in voluntary, we'll have to sex you. So Talking to Stephen is an example of how you can come across ordinary-looking people in everyday life and after talking to them for a few minutes you learn that in fact they have the most extraordinary lives and have overcome incredible obstacles to reach a point where they feel positive um, about themselves, they feel safe, um, they feel hopeful for the future. I first met Stephen sitting on a bench in Hume Park. I was reading a book and he came up to me and asked if he could sit on the bench with me. Um, I learnt a lot about Stephen's life after a 30-minute conversation. He was a former drug addict and he had experienced homelessness and rough sleeping um, in part due to his addiction and the fact that he had mental health issues. In fact, he was really candid with me about the fact that he was still taking medication for his mental health, which I thought was really refreshing and I admired his honesty especially the fact that he he had just met me well when when i slept rough it was when i came off medication <laughs> and the head went west so i'd run away and sleep rough in, in like berry or i tried to get to london once and they chucked me off the trout the coach for not having a ticket halfway there but i didn't really care i got a one-way ticket anyway so i didn't care I just thought i'm not coming back and i'm gonna die so i'll just get a one-way ticket stephen is also a passionate poet he writes um and he performs his own poetry and he was telling me about all the sort of literature that he liked to read and some of the things that, that got him through the tough times. I'd had a traumatic life mm. and I think it was more more trauma and breakdown rather than malfunction of the brain. Okay. And you can read Danny's brilliant piece about Stephen Brown. Manchestermill.co.uk, that's where you go to subscribe. And we are back in your podcast feed every Sunday. Don't forget about this. We take a big deep dive into a story or meet a fascinating character each Sunday on the Manchester Weekly. And this week, we're going to hear what happened when Yoshi spoke to the former editor of the Manchester Evening News, a man who, as you can imagine, is packed full of stories and reflections from his life and his work, Mike Unger. The phone went and it said, um, oh, it's the home office here. Would you mind going into the prison as soon as you possibly can and doing these tasks for us? I was trying to negotiate with the prisoners, but the noise from the, uh, an overhead police helicopter was so loud uh, we couldn't hear each other. So I went inside the prison. Mike Unger speaking to Yoshi. More from him on Sunday's episode. Make sure you subscribe to the Manchester Weekly to get that in your podcast feed. You'll get a little nudge and a notification uh, when it happens. Jack, what are you working on this week, my friend? What's going on in the mill? I've had my head all day today in the census. Results, oh, wow. which came out on Tuesday mm. uh, so they're about as no they are genuinely interesting I was going to be cynical but they are, they are <laughs> I find them really interesting I yeah. do find that interesting yeah you, well I mean it's great it's nice to see in a way the things that you go over for a few years and the things that are national trends actually be vindicated in numbers mm. so things like the amount of investment that we've seen in places like Salford coming through with these huge growths in population um, the way that our city you know 
our urban cores are becoming much younger but as we spread out and out and out we're finding more old people not like finding them but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> finding yeah. them on the street but yeah uh, I, I love reading all that I've, I found it quite interesting uh, this weekend we're running a piece that I've been writing well not writing for four months but in the process of gathering the information to write which is about a guy called Javon Morgan who lives in Moss Side and the, I guess the idea or the hope of the piece is to kind of put you similar to what you were just saying about Danny's piece it's zooming in on someone mm. who you otherwise may not hear about um, to try and get the a, a different angle it's not even that that sounds kind of facetious and annoying it's like oh we're just looking for a different angle this is like you just want to hear from someone you never would have heard from before and it'll give you a better understanding of the issues that are important in the city mm. um, so I'm really excited for that and Yes. Good stuff. Okay, well, that all sounds good. That's more than enough. Great. More than enough. Uh, ManchesterMill.co.uk is where you subscribe to get all of that in your inbox first. A bit of a nod for the week ahead as well. Jack, uh, what's on your radar, my friend? What's going on? I'm looking forward to a cocktail making session at Juicy Street Warehouse on Friday. Uh, it'll be themed around the old fashioned. So if that's your favourite cocktail, nice. you should probably go. What is your favourite cocktail? Random uh, question. Uh, what is my favourite? I've got a favourite cocktail, really. I mean, an old fashioned's quite nice, bit of whiskey. Um, yeah. Martini? Yes, straight to the point. Yeah. Just why have it taste of something when it can just get you drunk? Exactly. <laughs> you, know, exactly. What's, what, you know, why dance around the subject? Get, so, get the job done. Yeah, so it's based around an old fashioned, which does taste of something, and you can take your creation home afterwards. Lovely, nice. Um, I have been struggling through this weekend, uh, trying not to watch any Glastonbury coverage because of the deep envy that I've felt for uh, everybody who's been enjoying the festival uh, over the last weekend. Uh, there's a couple of festivals in Manchester this weekend. The final weekend of the First Street Festival is happening at home. Music and art and vibes. This is your last chance this weekend uh, to get down to that home in the centre of the city. And Greater Manchester's Fringe Festival kicks off this weekend. It lasts all month. Loads of venues and art and comedy and music and film. The best concept that I've seen so far happening at the King's Arms Theatre a couple of times over the course of the next month. A guy called Adam Evans who is going to review crisps his show is just reviewing crisps he decided a year ago that he wanted to dedicate his time to reviewing crisps and that's what he'll do uh, I, I assume they'll be like I assume it'd be funny and there'll be like there'll be something more to it than just a review for crisps mm. um, you can find out by going along King's Arms Theatre Greater Manchester Fringe .co.uk is the website that you need uh, to check out all of the listings of what's going on it's like a cracking month ahead um, of art and music and comedy in the city um, that's it from us for this week don't forget uh, the Mill newsletter is full of news and events and deep dives into stories you know what to do ManchesterMill.co.uk is where you subscribe we're back in your podcast feed on Sunday Jack for now thank you thank you 